Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. and you're here listening to my talk, Stop, Collaborate, and Listen. Hopefully you've been enjoying the conference. I know I have. It's uh, kind of awesome to sit here and listen to everybody uh, talk about all their expertise in subjects that we probably don't get to hear a lot of people sharing in. Uh, but if you've tuned into my talk and you've seen the title, uh, you can bet that there's going to be some more awful pop culture references and terrible pen puns. Um, so fair warning, you asked for it. <laughs> so when we talk about community, we most often think about external communication, um, usually between a game studio and its fans and customers. And there are some great talks uh, during the conference about this sort of thing and focusing on social media, focusing on um, just ads and things of that nature. So uh, we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about uh, something that isn't often addressed. So what we don't often talk about is how your community uh, department and other departments should ideally collaborate together to get the best results from uh, all of your strategy. So whether you're running a self-funded project or you're working with a publisher, uh, hopefully this session will improve your community engagement. Uh, show how you can contribute to your success, and most importantly, tell you what not to do. Now, when people think about uh, community, uh, and, and that I'll explain what that means uh, in detail a little bit, because I'm kind of using that word as a larger uh, piece, which includes some other things. But when you think about uh, community, the community department, if you're lucky enough to have a department, uh, you might think, okay, well, why would they need to talk to other departments, uh, especially internal facing departments like publishers or, or like uh, sorry, production? So we're going to kind of go over that too and why it's important to not silo your different departments. And this applies not just to community, but to the marketing department, to the publishing department, how it's better uh, overall if you have more of an open communication, which is kind of counter to a lot of uh, things you're gonna see in especially larger, more corporate level companies. Uh, so before we jump in too far, I'd like to say that this is more of an interactive talk. Um, I'm not a lecturer per se, I'm more of a live streamer. So it helps me to have more of a dialogue between you and me. Uh, and so if you have questions, I would love to hear them. I'm gonna break this up into two different sections kind of by department. I don't want you to have to wait a full hour-ish um, to really ask your questions about the beginning section. Um, by then, we'll all have forgotten what we were talking about. So there'll be a section here um, where you can ask your questions. So if you have them, throw them up in there and the lovely people behind the scenes uh, will be grabbing them for you. 
So the purpose of this whole thing and why we're here today is to educate and kind of address your needs uh, without me jabbering at you for this whole hour. So I'm going to focus on the departments and then we're going to uh, we're going to talk about that. So watch this space. Go ahead and add your questions if you have them. Now, we talked a little bit about those caveats and definitions. Um, so like all drug commercials everywhere, I'm going to add some of these warnings and clarifications. I'm not going to speed up at the end to talk about them really quick. But uh, there are some here. So for my purposes, community is a term that's going to encompass um, efforts like forums, um, live discussion platforms, uh, Discord, in other words. Uh, and social media efforts are going to be places that are more like informational blasts, right? Like Twitter, Facebook, etc. So in a perfect company, these are separated. Uh, they require overlapping but separate skill sets. Uh, I, I know that that is somewhat controversial, and usually in smaller companies, they're kind of joined together uh, and one person does it. But I like to call my department communications when I have uh, when I have those two separated. But since many places do combine these, I'm just going to call them community with a capital C for the purposes of this discussion. So try not to get confused when I say the word community versus the community, and hopefully you can hear that capital C when I'm talking about it. Um, so there is a day that will probably address the division here, but as they say in Lord of the Rings, today is not that day. Uh, community teams do, as you know, multiple tasks, um, content creation, asset creation, QA, customer service, influencer relations, streaming, as well as advertising and analytics. Uh, so basically the next time that someone says to you, oh, it's just posting a pic on social media, please slap them for me, really. Um, and all of this might not apply to your team. So since there's really no structural matrix um, for any studio, we're all different. Uh, we don't have any kind of like repeatable format. Uh, some of these tasks may or may not apply to your community uh, department. So your mileage may vary on some of these topics, uh, depending on your uh, departmental makeup. So we're going to talk about, uh, here we go, these three departments. And I think the one that we're going to focus on first is production, uh, right? Because people are going to say, oh, production, that's an internal uh, department. It doesn't have any external communications. It's really geared towards making things work. Um, it doesn't really focus on sales per se. It doesn't focus on how the game is received. It's really focusing on creating the game and being that sort of technical creator. So why, why is that important for a community to be discussing with? So if we start here, so in the beginning, in the beginning, uh, where things are created, this is the, the publishing department, and, and God said, let us fund a game. And about 1.5 years later, it was ready to be presented to the world. So we're going to go over these various aspects of the game's life cycle and how production and community interact during those particular points. Um, so let's go to, we're going to go on each one of these milestones. So a little, little publishing, little uh, production publishing joke for you there. Um, but for announcement, we're going to talk about um, that. We're going to talk about beta demo. For the purposes of this discussion, it's just good to include a test of some sort. So we're just going to call that beta demo happening before the release date and the gameplay trailer. Usually in a lot of uh, places I've worked before, the release date trailer and the gameplay trailer are tied together just kind of in that announcement. Uh, and then, of course, the launch. So a big one. So 
Another thing for me is I have worked in places that are a 10 person studio all the way up to a hundred person studio. And there's a big difference between uh, interacting with these departments. If you're just looking over to your right and Bill is, is the producer, right? Bill's the producer and he's got one thing versus an entire department of bills that are handling all of this. So keep that in mind when we're kind of going over this. Uh, some of this is going to be a little easier depending on where you work and some of it is going to be a little bit harder. So let's go over the announcement here and the subjects that we're going to talk about. Yes, the announcement is super exciting. Okay. So before a game is announced, uh, hopefully significantly before, a community strategy needs to be created. So basically you need to go over, you know, what are we gonna do with this game? How are we gonna present it to the community? Um, what channels are we gonna be using? All those sorts of things. Um, and a lot of this is gonna be based, at least the timing of it, is gonna be based on when certain gameplay elements are expected to be ready for public view. Now, sometimes the way different departments work is that the marketing lead or the project lead, which is often marketing, is the person who disseminates all this information. Um, however, I find it really tough uh, to be, for that person to be the point of contact for every single thing like this, uh, because it slows down communication between you and production. And sometimes having that middleman means that things get lost, right? Uh, now, when we're talking about things that are, uh, ready to be seen for a public view. This doesn't mean that they're completely polished and in this perfect state uh, that they're, it just means that they're able to be shown in a carefully curated way, right? So we're going to assume for the purposes of, of this talk that the point of announcement to launch is gonna be six months. Now we know, we all know that this is often more, more than six months, but for the purposes of this, we're gonna call it six months. So communicating with production is essential for the community department to map out each important aspect of the game in a themed content calendar. So if production knows, okay, like this, this month that this mechanic will be completed, or by this month, we will have voiceover into the game, or by this month, you know, we're going to have uh, final skins for X, right? That's all really important for a community to know when they're creating this master calendar that's gonna go out hopefully for the whole year, right? I like to work in themed blocks like story reveal, character reveal, mechanics breakdown, X thing in action, et cetera, right? And so for this type of information, community is gonna need to talk to the person who's running the roadmap of when things are gonna be created. And so that's why it's really important for these two departments to have that kind of communication. Um, so with production on board, the info on these different elements is ready for its close-up uh, when it's actually ready available. And the status of each of these elements is going to be really clear. Um, also, let's be real. It gives, some, it gives you somebody on the inside uh, a chance to laugh with them uh, when your carefully created content calendar is blown away in the first month because we all know that something is going to shift in production and everything that we're planning uh, is going to shift wildly in, a, in the way it goes. So uh, knowing that you have this connection with production allows you to flip your content calendar fairly easily when things are reordered from the production department perspective, right? You can reslot them. That's why I like to do things in blocks because I can move them around like Legos and continually back them up ad nauseum, right? So let's go over this do. Um, well, let me do branches first. So do work together to share your content timelines, right? So if they know that you're planning to talk about X thing and you're planning to share it, you know, two months after the announcement, 
it's great because then they can tell you, oh, guess what? There's no way that's going to be done. So you can flip around things that you can share when you need to share them. Uh, now we're going to talk about uh, branches and playing. So assuming that you're working, uh, I'm, I'm most used to working on games on PC. We've done some console games before, and that creates a whole different discussion point. So we're going to pretend that this game is on the PC, right? And let's just say it works too on Epic, but let's just say it's on Steam. So it's really important for, uh, especially if your community is responsible for capturing and creating assets, which often does happen if you don't have a designated art department, um, that your content calendar is being populated, right? And you need to populate it with something cool. So unless your community manager has experience in Perforce or Unreal or its Unity equivalent, in which case you should kiss their feet and never ever let them go uh, because they can take that in-game in engine capture, um, they're going to need a, a game build, right? They're going to need a game build that has cheats, uh, that has the ability to remove the UI, that is going to be able to make those assets really great. Uh, and so production is the place to go to get that and to provide that to community and update it, you know, frequently with a new hotness. Because often what will happen is production or QA or whoever is playing, um, checking each milestone, checking each weekly update build, they don't need a, a build that has no UI. They don't need a build that has cheats in it for the purposes of skipping through content and, and being able to record things differently or being able to, you know, change a lot of things there's different needs between what those departments are using these branches for. So having that connection with production so that they know this is what community is looking for um, is really important. And then obviously if something goes wrong with that build, you can you know let them know. Um, so because you're getting ready for announcement, uh, if, if the game is to the point where you can record that sort of content and it's ready to go for those first few weeks, it's really important to get that ahead of time because when you make an announcement, you're gonna to have to be sharing a lot of content right away, right? So it's important that all the access is available because you gotta prep for that big announcement day. So a bonus to this for production on that side is that community having access to these frequently updated builds um, that other departments get a preview of uh, allows community to give their expert opinions on future player experience. Uh, if your community is to the point where they uh, are, are have been doing this for a long time, and at this point I've launched nine games, so I'm pretty good about telling you, okay, well the community is going to have an issue with this particular uh, this particular space in your build today, uh, or you know this mechanic really isn't fun. Uh, is there a plan to make that different? Or I know they're going to say this. So that sort of expert opinion uh, on future player experience is, is pretty important. Um, and that elusive element, that fun element, right? The thing that's really tough to classify um, and impossible to predict, that's something that you can get a little bit of a, a taste of early on. So, I mean, we all know games that are technically flawed, right? But still inherently fun and vice versa. So I'm looking at you, Mass Effect. <laughs> When I say this, there, there's some, there's some, um, there's some, uh, some rigging issues there, right? And some of that, but it's still super fun because the game's amazing. But the idea is to prevent things like that. Um, and the sooner marketing and production know that a certain game aspect is predicted to not be well received by the community, the sooner that they can prepare to focus on that when they do user testing. And it just gives them kind of a heads up. Okay, we we need to add this to our user testing idea. Right. So, okay, do do provide a playable build. Obviously, we've talked about that. We know why you need to do that. 
don't forget to update each other on timeline slips. It's the worst. One of the worst things is when you're getting ready to share something tomorrow about a mechanic uh, and, you know, production will say, oh, well, we just changed the lighting for that entire area and it looks completely different and it looks so much better and we, we really shouldn't show this right now. We need to show it with this better lighting or you know, etc. So it's important to keep each other updated as early as possible about areas that are going to need a little more polishing. Obviously, too, community at this point, I'm really good at smoke and mirrors. A lot of your community managers are really good at smoke and mirrors. We're not going to reveal things that are, uh, shall we say, in progress uh, in a way that's going to make them look bad for the community. We know how to frame things. We know how to uh, take some <laughs> still images and place them in, in layers and do a bunch of things to make that look better. So, so that's also on community side to make sure that production looks good in what they're showing right now. So do not in, ignore red flags on playability and the fun factor stuff. So that's important. Okay, so now we get to the beta or demo. So this is a really big deal and there's a lot to be learned from this. Um, if, if having a beta and a demo is a part of your marketing plan, uh, it's even more essential for these two departments to really be working in tandem. So whether it's a simple PC Steam beta, uh, as we're talking about kind of in this discussion, or it's a complicated cross-platform multiplayer, um, players are going to want to give feedback, right? That's the purpose. They're, they're supposed to play this game, get a feel for it, but also they're going to want to tell you what they think about it. So these tests are an opportunity to massively grow your community while driving them to a specific social platform um, and to get their first impressions of the game and what what experiences they have, right? Maybe they have negative experiences, maybe they have positive ones, but this is a great time to kind of ascertain that as early as possible. So if you've already begun this task of building a player base, which you have during the announcement phase, uh, your community team can inform production about uh, things like the ideal testing time, right? So if your community has been building and you have a lot of players in Europe, well, then you've got to consider the time of day uh, when you're going to open a test if you're having phased testing. So you want to do that during a time when European people are just home from work and they might have time to play versus U.S people, which is going to be a whole different scenario, right? Um, and a lot of that's going to be like, okay, well, where are your fans located geographically? So, you know, if you have different languages, that's something to consider as well. How many rollouts should occur um, based on like expected sign-up numbers? If you have people signing up um, and you want to make sure that everybody gets in, but you want to make sure that these are phased, there's things you can all consider here. Um, and one of the things that's important to you is considering the days that they can play. So weekdays are fine, but weekends are definitely more ideal. Uh, so a tip is more weekends are better obviously, right? So depending on the size of your studio, let's talk a little bit about bugs and feedback. Um, so you may not have a fully equipped QA team. Um, hopefully you have a wonderful department full of QA people that can handle everything, but you might not have that. Um, a lot of times community will pitch in uh, when it comes to QA. So I'm gonna wrap the QA department underneath the banner of production um, just for discussing about this, although they may be their own different entire department. So this is a space when you get to this bugs and feedback and, and these beta tests, this is a space where production can gain a lot of benefits from collaborating with community. Um, and it's also great if that production or QA uh, lead can provide the community department with info 
just basic stuff like, okay, where's the location of the save files? Um, we have created a troubleshooting document. Um, if somebody has a crash, here's where your crash dump is. Um, if you have a DX dialogue, what is the you know different versions that we should be looking for? All of that stuff, like great to know to give to community because we're gonna see the same repetitive questions over and over and over, especially if there is a particular bug that is reproducible. Okay, so in turn, the community department um, should also maintain some kind of a database. Uh, a lot of people like Jira, for some reason, production loves Confluence <laughs> that I've been, the production people I've been working with adore Confluence. So, okay, so a document of some sort of the most reported bugs and the most feedback and, the, and where those links are to people talking about things specifically where they're reported. Um, because really most of this feedback is gonna come in uh, from your platform, like I prefer Discord, right? We drive to Discord at the end of a, of a beta, we'll have a little window that pops up and says, oh, come to Discord, tell us all about your feedback. Or you have to go to Discord to get your beta key in which you're already there. So wherever it's coming from, if it's coming from people just randomly talking in Discord, or if it's coming from a link at the end of your beta where you say, you know, take this survey and tell us about your experience or report a bug by clicking, you know, F8, whatever. All of that together is going to be funneled into some place that your community department's going to see. So uh, that's all a great thing to do and uh, feedback that's really important that you don't miss out on. So uh, let's see. Do decide the testing times based on your existing community and do coordinate a QA with community so that you guys make sure that you're working together in tandem in the best way that you can. So another area that we're getting to in the do is that hot fixes, right? Uh, as beta tests are often of limited duration, uh, hot fixes are kind of the order of the day. No, it's no fun playing a beta and having you know, something terribly broken or not being able to complete it because there's a big bug here. So it's not going to be like your usual patches. These are going to be hot fixes that need to be pushed out more regularly. Uh, and, you know, they're going to, they're just going to be more frequent. So it's important that the development team is agile and can quickly ascertain what's the gameplay blocker here or what order of priority uh, bugs need to be addressed. So in this case, community is really your frontline responder to that. They're going to be the ones hearing this most often all day long, uh, very similar uh, feedback, all of that. So they can be curating and trying to reproduce bugs and help QA if there are not enough people on board doing that at the time. Um, so a lot of times what I would do uh, when I was kind of short staffed on QA is get all this together in a doc and then you know, once a week or every three days, send it to um, the head of QA or the head of production and say, like, here's the here's the stuff, right? Here's the stuff that's most important. <clears throat> and here's the things we need to address first. So that's important. Um, let's see. And so getting more specific information, a lot of times QA will come back to community and say, well, I don't understand what happened here. I have a screenshot. I have a description, but I don't know. I need to get more information. So that's important for a community to be the in-between person to go back to that player and you've had this documented carefully so you know where that player is and you can DM them and say, okay, well, can you tell us more about X? And that's important and helpful to QA because they can then directly ask the questions that might not be clear just from reading uh, someone's report and just seeing a screenshot, right? Uh, and also community can help those 
we call them special flower people who basically haven't updated their drivers in a year and are trying to figure out what's going on uh, and, you know, have a 1700 different peripherals that are very specific to their computer. That really isn't about the beta test. It really isn't about your game. It's really just their computer and their system. So you can try to give them a little bit of attention if they have it, because we all know, we all know that happens. Um, but community can give production and QA a real-time view of what's urgent and necessary basically to retain players and prevent bad press, because this is the first time, especially if it's an open beta, that anyone's played your game and they're going to be talking about it. And you want that to be really positive. And even if it's like, okay, well, I was playing this game, there was a lot of bugs. What you want to hear is, oh, the community team was on top of making sure that everything was addressed quickly and there were patches coming out very quickly and I felt like I was heard. And that's important for community goodwill. So uh, anyway... Production should keep in mind that many things can go wrong in an update, uh, and that's why we don't do them on Friday, right? We never, ever update on a Friday, uh, and we never push them at the end of the day when possible, because what happens, as we all know, is that the developers will go home, and production will go home, and community will never go home, because they will hear all night long and all weekend long about why this is broken, and we will have to drag our developers back into the office to fix things on a weekend that they don't want to do. So let's just keep that in mind production. I've had to bring this up several times, just being like, hey, awareness, your community department is going to be forced to work extra hard on a weekend if you push an update, which is fine. We understand that that happens. Community does not sleep. But let's keep that in mind, right, when we're pushing updates. Um, so going back through this, do hotfix urgent issues, even if it's not convenient. So this is not the time that we're waiting for a designated patch, you know, once during the entire beta, etc. We're going to be hotfixing quickly, which is the way that we make sure community stays positive. Uh, stay on top of curating content and the conversation. A community needs to be informing production and QA about uh, the things that are most important that they need to be paying attention to. So do not push updates without sharing patch notes to community. That is also something that happens quite a lot. Uh, production will push an update and then there will be no patch notes or nothing to tell the community. The community manager will find out when the update goes live because the community will say, there's an update. And the community manager will say, oh, <laughs> no, no, we don't want to do that. We want to know that there's patch notes ahead of time with production to share those patch notes. And then the community manager will have to rewrite them in a way that's more understandable for the layman, right? Uh, and so then they'll probably put them on Steam or they'll put them in Discord where the patch notes go or wherever, but it's gonna require something extra uh, on the part of the community manager. So make sure that you do tell them if there are patch notes. Um, but it's also important that you don't allow the community needs to derail the game completion because at this point you're still developing the game, right? And you, if your development team isn't big, that means a lot of people that need to be working on trying to go for the gold master are going to be stopping to fix a lot of things that are happening in this uh, beta. So it's important for the producer to balance the needs of the game being completed versus the needs of the community playing it at this moment. And sometimes that's tough for community to know because we're all we're hearing all day long is that there's some problems and why are they not getting fixed? So it's important for a production to express that to community so they understand the whole picture of why things are happening. And also then they can be conveyed to the community. Okay, well, we're trying to complete the game right now. You know, here's a bug. We understand that we've seen the bug, all of that, right? Okay. So uh, production provides, obviously, we know the cornerstone of functionality and making sure processes stay on track. 
Uh, however, the main point of making a game is for player enjoyment and hopefully for profit, right? So community will be championing that side. They will be championing the invisible, they'll be the invisible resource, right? Making sure that that concept is made aware to production that, you know, these are the people that are going to be playing the game. So we need to make sure that we're focused on that. But also, you know, we need to make sure that things are getting done. So it's very important for the community manager to run any kind of updates through the producer, right? This is the way to build trust because there's been plenty of times where developers are in whatever platform you're showing that has bug reporting. Developers will start randomly fixing things without any kind of curation, without the producer's uh, sign off, all of that stuff. Or community managers will express that something is happening and developers will get concerned and then just start fixing it. It's really important that the producer takes the lead on all of this and that everything is run through that producer so that timing stays consistent, all of that. So this is where the trust aspect comes in, right? You can't go around, if your community cannot go around to your producer to talk to your developers about this, you need to make sure your producer is running things. Okay, so release date gameplay trailer. Okay, as the release date approaches, production is going to be, like we said, gunning for that gold master. It's especially important to know the status of what all the community requests are going to be, uh, where bugs are going to be going uh, at that point. So the community knows, okay, we're going to fix this before launch, or this is not going to be fixed before launch, and this will be a patch post-launch. It is not a priority right now. We do hear you, and we've noted it, but it's not going to be fixed right now. So another thing production is really great at and can be helpful uh, a lot of executive producers have actually had elevator pitches from executive producers on what a game is, how it should be presented to the public, uh, what mechanics do, all that stuff. So production can be a really good resource, surprisingly, uh, for a community who doesn't often think of this, to explain different mechanics in a game uh, if you don't have access to the developers themselves and you can't talk to the game designer. Uh, because the community might want to know specific details about percentages uh, to hit or game design questions or you know how this particular thing works in a way that is not necessarily native to your community manager um you know i i <laughs> that's my that's my long way of saying i'm not a huge turn-based tactical player um so there's going to be a lot of questions about certain games certain types of games that are going to be really detailed and going to need a lot more information that the community manager might not have or might not be thinking of as a game designer so they can ask that question of production as well because usually they have a really good understanding of that uh, as well as game designers so there you go so do uh help the community manager understand complex game design features that they might need a little more uh, detail on uh, do decide which bugs and feedback will be addressed before launch and don't fail to plan for QA launch needs by assigning more personnel as community will be occupied with marketing needs at launch. So important to think about, hey, guess what? Right now, your community manager is helping you for this beta, everything else. But launch is a whole different thing and a whole different scenario where community manager is going to be really occupied with the marketing parts and the advertising parts. And they will probably not have the same level of focus that they have right now to help you with this beta. Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. 
There's exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out. Sign up. PowellGroupConsulting.com slash publisher dash list. So let's talk about this uh, launch. So just became just because the game is launched doesn't mean that the work ends. Um, it's just beginning for community and production and QA in some ways because players are going to give more feedback and there's going to be more bugs and more content requests. And for many games, um, party or character balance uh, is going to come into play here. So hopefully this is something that you've kind of already got an idea might be an issue or is hinted at by the community during beta testing. Um, but with a much higher volume of new players, it's going to be quite clear how players feel about various aspects of the game. So if your beta testing was not thorough, uh, this can be kind of a mad scramble at the end to make immediate changes uh, to aspects of a game that have gotten negative feedback and that are affecting your sales and your Metacritic scores with urgency. So I can think of a time or two with a game where a major mechanic was redesigned at launch in the week of launch because players disliked it so much. So in cases like this, where you've got urgent needs, communication is really essential to keep community calm uh, and, and inform the community that their feedback's being implemented, that you're hearing them, uh, and that there needs to be a very clear internal schedule on when updates might occur and what the immediate priorities for are that uh, for that. So production needs to make that visible to the community department and the community uh, manager needs to provide documents of responses from players as they come in uh, from that player base. So if, at that point, let's assume everything's been fixed now, everything's copacetic, everyone's happy, right? If, if the game does well, which we all hope it does, uh, it's going to be time to consider DLC and begin working towards that. So if you're thinking about that or if it was part of the initial plan, you know, when you launch the game, that if it does well, then you'd like to expand it in X direction. Um, community can be a valuable tool knowing what aspects of the game are most popular and could be expanded. So uh, production is going to be interested in creating stages for this and beginning to form milestone plans. And it's also time to consider porting you know, to other platforms. Usually that's a plan when you launch it on this particular thing. If it does well, you will push it over to here. Uh, so that's all production concerns. Um, and tracking those player requests uh, and also people that are not purchasing and why they're not purchasing is really important to do. So it's also a good time to discover uh, maybe additional languages would have been a good choice. And if you want to add them to, you know, a port, et cetera, all that stuff. Uh, okay, so do remain nimble for urgent game blocking updates, obviously. Um, do inform the community manager what type of data would be most helpful for fixes. Um, so again, reproducing bugs, knowing what exactly is the big problem, important to, to say. Don't lose track of existing community needs in favor of DLC or platform ports. So while it's easy to you know, jump into <laughs> the next big thing, let's not forget that people are playing this now and they need help making sure that that is a wonderful experience and that they're gonna come back to play it later. So uh, if Dan is willing, Indie Dan, we can never have enough Indie Dan in our life. I would love to take some questions now um, and then we'll jump into the second portion. I love that if I'm willing. <laughs> Yay! I'm willing. 
Willing. I'm willing. How's it going, Jimsy? Good. Amazing. How are you? Cannot I'm have enough, am- Dan. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. All right. So here we go. Questions from Discord. How okay. can we improve our communication skills as a team in a small studio? Okay. Other than having endless meetings, and honestly, some days it's like six hours of meetings. Uh, right. It's just it's just important to uh, know what's going on at any given time. And the thing that I think is the detriment to teams is that when something is changed, that change isn't conveyed, right? So some people love JIRA. They love to update every single task on JIRA to let everyone know. I personally just have a really hard time looking at JIRA and noting that a task has been updated, even if I've been following it. Mm-hmm. So this is why it's important to have like interdepartmental meetings. You know, you can have your scrum and you can say like, okay, what's the thing that happened, you know, today? What's the thing that happened yesterday? That's important. Also, you know, just Slack. It takes two seconds for someone in Slack to tell me, oh, guess what? Push deadline, blah, blah, blah. Such and such has changed. And and that's good. Like your team should want to talk to each other and you don't need like an hour long meeting to explain that, you know, you're switching order of something. Just Slack someone, it's okay. Um, or Discord, whatever your plans are. But Discord yes. is great for sure. Discord is I mean, great. It can get a little unorganized, but you know, there's there's tools for that. There's an app for that. There's an app for that, right? Whatever your team <laughs> likes. I love Notion, like for my internal team, like when I'm running community team, five, fifteen people, I put Notion in there for every single task that I'm working on, and you can also use that for like changes, etc. So Trello, and, Notion, and business all good. uses Notion. Oh, I'm a big fan of Discord, though. Okay, I'm on. <laughs> Excuse me, from Discord, I'm a one-man team. I don't believe that communication (laughs) is one of my strong suits. Do you have any recommendations for resources such as videos or articles that can boost my confidence in this area? Okay, now I have to understand, first of all, your one-man team and your communication is a problem with yourself or you're trying to communicate with some sort of external partner. Because Uh, I thought that was hilarious when I read it. He might not have meant it that way. Right. Uh, maybe, I would imagine, like, what if their team is growing or, you know, an external partner? Got you, got you, got you. <sighs> Resources on communication. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of YouTube videos that I watch about that. This sort of thing, like right now you have this conference where I'm telling you, uh, if you like that, if that's how you learn by watching videos and listening, that's good. There are a lot of articles by community managers on this as well. Um, I think Victoria Tran is a great person who... Um, who writes a lot about this sort of thing. So if you're, if you're a reader and that's how you learn, I would read articles about it. Um, yeah, how do you learn to communicate? I mean, sometimes just asking someone, like what's the best way for me to share information with you? Um, you know, some people prefer that written. Some people want to hear you. Some people want to see it. Like ask people what their their type of uh, learning or their type of communication uh, preferences are. I think that's a good start. I agree, I agree. Ask people what they like, and then this because every place is different. You work for a different company; it's something different. You know, yeah. Yes. Learn all the tools. No, don't. That's, <laughs> that's super overwhelming. Super overwhelming. Okay, another one from Discord. If our community is not providing us with sufficient feedback, what is the appropriate way to engage with them without appearing desperate? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so if you're talking to your community on a regular basis, and hopefully you're not just jumping in, I would not recommend just jumping in asking for a survey, 
you know, every three weeks or just jumping in saying, what do you think about X every three weeks, right? You should be in there building rapport. You should be in there, you know, talking to them about their day. You should be in there just like building a relationship. And once you've built a relationship, you would be surprised at how far goodwill will take you, right? Once your community knows you as a person, and a lot of times I'll even take our developers and I'll do live streams with the developers just so that uh, community can put a face to what you're making and really have mm -hmm. a connection with you. So if you're building Building that connection, asking them for feedback is a lot easier. Um, also, of course, you can go the bribery route, right? So if you if you fill out this beta form, you will be entered to win X or you will get this uh, DLC skin. You know, there's always a bribery route if you cannot do the uh, goodwill aspect. But those mm. are the two that come to mind for me. I love that. The bribery route. <laughs> yes, bribery. That was a mouthful to say, too. Okay. <laughs> Uh, from Discord, I'm thinking about conducting a beta test for my ongoing project, but I'm worried about how I will handle negative feedback without getting discouraged. Can you provide any advice? Yeah, this is super tough. I mean, that is why you have a community manager, right? I mean, we're the watchers on the wall. Mm -hmm. We're there with our shield, making sure that we curate what is given by the community in a way that doesn't crush your soul. Uh -huh. If this is you, your project, and you're your own community manager, and you're going to ask for that negative feedback, it's really tough to be neutral. So if you have an option to get somebody else to do it, I would. If it's just you and you can't, then yes. I mean, it's one of those things where you're just going to have to really work on not responding immediately when you get that negative feedback and trying to look at it like a neutral party, yeah. um, writing it down, you know, making sure that later on you go back to it. Don't think about it in the moment because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Um, also, your community should be trained, if you're doing it correctly, to not be jerks, right? Like, when someone gets feedback, if they're like, you all suck and you should die, like, then I've got a problem with my community because I have not trained them how to speak, you know, in a reasonable manner to me and other people. So when you're getting feedback, if it's really, really evil like that, then that's a problem with your community. But if it's just, like, hurtful because it's not, you know, praising something that you really love, then that is hard. Yeah, that's really yeah. hard. That's the goes with the don't fall in love with your own ideas. Yeah. Right? Because you may yeah. think they're great, but other people, not everyone is going to. And that's just a hard, uh, a hard yeah. thing to swallow. When I was going through animation school, right? One mm -hmm. of the very important you had to give feedback to everybody else. And one of the very important things is that we learned is you know, you give a compliment and then you give critique, right? Oh, go. this looks really cool. But this one thing, you know, maybe I, 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 maybe I would change it. Or what do you think about this? But not everyone's going to give feedback like that. But through me going through that process for two years, mm -hmm. um, it came to where like I feel like I can take criticism pretty well. If somebody doesn't like something or something that I don't, I'm not so emotionally invested in it that okay, you know, yeah, That's don't. Good. Don't have an emotional response. If you're mad because somebody said something, don't, yeah, don't respond. respond. To them. Plus, also, it has to be a numbers game, right? Like, while, while Judy or Sam has a thought, you know, if there's not 17, 20, 30, 100 Judy saying the same thing, it's right. one person's opinion. You need to amalgamate what is the most feedback from that's similar from people, right? Right. And that's tough. Like, I mean, in a game, that could shift your whole... Mm -hmm. everything right like if you're like i want to make a game and i want it to have these features and this and that's what it's going to do and then people don't like it you got to be able to accept that maybe this time this game doesn't need that thing and you need to shift you know but then again getting feedback from people is 
as a content creator, this one time I, well, many times I did a poll of like, what do you want me to do on this stream? And I got massive amount, like a super high percentage. They wanted me to do this one particular thing. And that was ended up being one of my lowest viewed and interactive oh. streams ever. And so ever since then, I'm like, I'm not listening to <laughs> I'm just going to do what I want. Maybe yes. that wasn't a good decision for me. No. All right. One no. more question okay. and then we'll jump back. Yeah. One more question. Okay. Uh, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Let's go with Alina's question here. As an example, what studios have amazing discords we can check out? I think StackUp. If you know StackUp, they do. StackUp.org. Um, yeah, they do military. They provide uh, games for military, active duty people, and also take care of veterans. That is a really intense Discord where I think they do a really good job of community management because they have a lot of people in there that have deep feels, right? And they take care of them in a good way. So if you're looking for you know, how to be empathetic or how to deal with people that are you know struggling, that's a good one to go to. Um, let me think. And that's for a charity Discord. Like charity Discords, most of the time people come during an event and then they leave. But mm -hmm. with Stack Up, people hang out there continually and it's continually active, which is amazing. That's un unheard of in a charity Discord. There you go. Okay. So if we can jump back in and then we'll have, hopefully, have some I'll time at the end. I guess oh, I'll let you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> then I'll back out and then we'll finish up. Okay. Yay. Or and then if there's well, there's still more questions. We'll so see if we, we have time. I'm actually if we got time, then you'll get your questions answered. If not, Genesee, maybe you will be in the. <laughs> I will be around. Later. I'll be around. Genesee will be around. I will. I Okay, so now we're going to do the marketing department, um, similar to how we did the production department. So we have the same sorts of things, right? The announcement, the beta, the release, the launch. Uh, and when making a game, there's usually a project lead. And most often, this is the marketer for that game. Um, and this person's going to be a contact usually for PR, for the production department, QA community. All of those people are responsible for the departments, but the accountability for the entire project is going to belong with this individual. So the place to find out about external communications like PR, et cetera, uh, and having a close uh, relationship between community and marketing is a good thing for for you if you're going to do this. So let's go, let's talk about, okay, there's a lot of subjects when it comes to the announcement. So I'm just going to show you the subjects and we're going to jump to the do's and don'ts. Here we go. All right. So the announcement, a lot of things are going to go into this with marketing, uh, a lot more than probably for production for, for certain. So each game uh, brings different collaboration needs beginning right from the moment that a game approaches the announcement. So branding is one of those things that really needs to be considered carefully. Uh, what's the overall look of the materials to promote the game? What will that be? Uh, what fonts, colors, do's, don'ts for character placement, all that are going to be needed. And many times these decisions are made in marketing. Um, my, my little personal caveat here is oftentimes these are made without the consultation of the art or community department. This is an unwise decision because these two places have a lot to contribute on the right way to design well and how to engage the community and to present the game. So my recommendation is not to keep this internal. Do not ignore the resource of your art department and your community department when making these decisions because here is usually the first piece that embodies this vision. Uh, and it's often outsourced too, and usually not even seen by the internal artists of your company. So I can't tell you how long I've had to advocate for this particular thing because there was a point where things switched, <clears throat> I think in Steam for the different sizes for uh, for your, for your um your little preview windows of things, right? And even, even if people wanted to do things in Twitch, right? So everything was always a 16 by nine key art. 
And that was very frustrating when you're trying to apply uh, things to consoles or you're trying to apply things uh, to, you know, Twitch or to Steam's new um, new uh, guidelines for all of this stuff. So it's really important to know what you're going to be using your key art for and where it's going to be needed. And that's something that uh, you can use and tap your community and your art team for so that you can make sure that your key art is created in, you know, vertical format as well as your 16 by 9 and, and some of the odd formats that are really needed for console uh, pages, which are just, just not native and are really tough to change. Um, also, art departments complain a lot because there's many, many characters crammed into a small, you know, square key art that is going to end up on mobile and be unreadable. So it's important to consider sensibilities of those two departments when you're creating the key art. Uh, and even though marketing is kind of running the show when it comes to that. So tone of voice, social tone of voice and guidelines are going to be created. This is the time to do that. Uh, and it's important that marketing weighs in on what the community is doing here. Uh, this way, everyone's aligned on the way the game should be presented and how it's going to speak to players. It often narrows down subject matter that community and social channels will post about. And it can also reassure any game partners that might be stakeholders in the uh, in this and that kind of lets them know that the team's mindful of these political pitfalls. Um, so it's the time to consider you know, what subjects will the brand talk about and what will it and won't it address um, how funny, like serious, snarky, what's the tone um, and how's that going to reflect to players that are already uh, talking about the genre? So what restrictions on retweets or shares in the community are you going to put in place? Um, so that's especially important, especially for large stakeholders. Uh, for instance, working with MGM uh, was a very different uh, experience on these types of tone of voice and how do's and don'ts documents than working with our in-house game studio obviously. So that's this is the time that's going to be created. And it's important for marketing to know what community is doing when they're creating that and they should weigh in. So this is a good point for collaboration. Uh, content reveals. This is, this is a really, really important thing. So when it comes to marketing, every single aspect and asset of the game is a potential selling point. So it's really important to make sure that the community department is clear on the timing of those reveals to avoid spoilers, uh, especially when they're chatting with future players, right? So parallel messaging is really important to remove embarrassing walkbacks that might have to happen if the community has unmet expectations because you've inadvertently revealed something that isn't going to be able to be done because of technical reasons or it's a spoiler for something that was meant to be used in a trailer later. So it's really important to work with the marketing department to know between community and marketing exactly what is going to be shown at which time because there's a lot of things that you're going to be using for exclusives for different um, press sites to kind of like lure them into doing things for you um, there's going to be things that are in trailers that are like a big surprise you know you need to know all of that to keep the hype going however when you're working community and especially if they're six months plus between the point of announcement and the point of launch you're going to need some cool stuff to tease your community with because if you just put things out and all you're doing is regurgitating what's on Twitter or regurgitating what's on Instagram, that's not really helpful. Uh, it's not a reason for someone to come to a community channel. They should have reasons, and those reasons are usually interacting with the community managers there who are going to give them a little taste of something they're not going to get elsewhere. This is the reason to make that platform important. So knowing, okay, well, I have these parts of the game that are not going to be used in any kind of reveals, and I can tease them out and make weeks and weeks of them guessing what this is and kind of talk about this, and that gives me special stuff that I can share with just this platform and a reason for them to come is really important. So uh, that keeps the hype going, important. Okay, 
So remember um, how we talked about production, providing that roadmap for areas of the game on what's going to get done first and ready to be shown first. So marketing also has a similar uh, map probably uh, in their marketing plan, which is how PR, press, and influencers will be engaged along the way. So this also has to be incorporated into the community plan, at least in placeholder form, so that you know, okay, there's some big thing happening at this time. And so you should be aware of it. And you should be watching for it. So it's extremely important to include your community manager in your PR calls, which I think is a little bit, uh, I don't know, innovative to some companies. They don't always have the community manager in their PR calls, but they should, because a lot of times things are decided in PR calls, especially on timing or different sites, et cetera, that are really need to be conveyed to the community manager. And you cannot have your marketing manager spending all day on Slack or Discord, just letting updating the community manager, because that's what they would be doing all day long. Um, especially when it comes to biz dev deals, right? So uh, anyway, community marketing always have eyes on Google alerts, right? If there's something being covered about the game, uh, all that stuff. Um, but it's important, again, to be aware of all the PR things that are going to come up. Um, and they can be extremely variable. So unless you have an exclusive uh, agreement with a certain website, a certain, you know, Article is going to come out on Game of Sutra. It's going to come out on, you know, IGN. It's going to come out this time. This is exclusivity. It's going to come out exclusive for an hour. Unless you know that particular thing, most of the time you don't know when somebody's going to publish uh, an article about your game. You just know it's coming out sometime, right? So it's important to have those PR calls where you know, okay, this is a list of the sites that are going to talk about us at some point in the next like three days. We're going to have an article about it. And then you can all be looking for it together. So that's really cool. Um, so you want to make sure that each partner, especially like the priority people, you know, if IGN is publishing something about your game, you want to make sure you like give them a shout out and you make sure all of those things. So especially knowing the priority of which particular sites are going to be publishing something about our game, which are the ones we really, really need to make sure that we, you know, give a handshake to, that's important to know. Uh, now, especially if you have those exclusivity deals where, you know, this is going to come out an hour before anyone's allowed to talk about it. It's a little bit tricky because you want to put an announcement out on your own channels. It's your game, right? But you can't until this other thing has come out. So it's something that requires extra thinking. And it's something to know ahead of time, especially for your community department, so they can think about how exactly they want to handle an announcement about something that they're doing after, <laughs> after someone else announces it. So important to think about. So let's see, do include community and art team for feedback, especially on key art uh, and things of that nature. Do collaborate on tone of voice and social do's and don'ts. Do share information on content reveal plans and do com keep community in the loop on biz dev deals. So biz dev deals, there are times where you will announce in your announcement trailer that the game is coming out on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC, right? But you're not announcing the timing of that. And we're just in the announcement phase. If it is a possibility that you will be looking for an exclusivity deal with a platform and you're talking to Sony and you're saying uh, in the background, your biz dev team is talking to Sony and they, if they can get this deal, it's going to be a uh, PlayStation exclusive for six months. That is really important for your community manager to know ahead of time because the community will assume that uh, there is going to be a simultaneous launch across all announced platforms for a game. And they will be bitterly disappointed to learn that their favorite platform has to wait six months for them to play a game that has been hyped for a long time in the announcement because you did not know. 
So that is going to be one of the questions your community is going to ask right away. Is this simultaneous launch? And usually the answer is yes. But it's important to know that that might not be true right away. So you can just say, you know, there's no news on that, or you can say something else uh, rather than confirming something and then having to walk that back later. Um, anyway, so allow your community manager to diffuse those situations that, that might arise by clear communication ahead of time uh, so that the community, uh, when it's being populated and when it's being grown, knows this already in your fact. So that is the keep you in the loop on the biz dev deal aspect. Don't exclude the community manager from relevant PR meetings. Don't change existing publish, public info without consulting the community manager. So obviously delays happen, things happen. Um, but if you've already, and we'll get to this when we get to the like, release date, right? It's really important when you've confirmed something that it stays confirmed. And we're not talking about release date, we're just talking about little things like, okay, this is going to be in the game or, you know, this particular, uh, like we just talked about, platform is going to be released at the same time. Like all of that is really important to keep consistent. So knowing ahead of time, like these things will not change. These things could change by the marketing manager uh, to community is a really important discussion to have. All right, so we're going to go beta demo. And we're going to go really quick because we only have like a few minutes left. So when producers are handling technical aspects of these tests with QA, they can listen to that feedback. Um, but it's really important for uh, marketing to survey existing community to dig into areas that marketing is most interested in and drive players to the platforms that are performing the best. And this is also a great time for beta uh, and demo to activate influencers and show some people that, you know, this is how much fun people are having with this game. Uh, and they're going to have a great time when they do it, too. So skipping quickly to release date and gameplay trailer. This is a high stress point for marketers, one of the most high stress points you can have as they try to get to this gold master and all that stuff. Uh, so right now the community has not seen any aspects of the game except in engine aspects. So they really wanna know what's gonna be like to go on. So this is where you're gonna have uh, a lot of people's feedback and the community resources are gonna come into this. So we need to know, uh, let's see, we need to know that there's more options than a two minute trailer, that there's a 30 second trailer uh, for ads and a 30 second trailer because the community doesn't have two minutes of, uh, of focus. So it's important that the uh, marketer provides community with a full trailer with all the SFX and everything so they can cut it into areas. All right, we're gonna go to lunch. Okay, clear tasking. There's so many things that have to happen at a launch and everybody has to do different things. It's really important that everyone knows exactly what they're doing on that day. Who's pushing the button for things to go live on YouTube? Who is gonna be sharing the trailer? What's gonna be happening exclusivity? All of those things. Uh, it's really important that there's very clear communication on how that's gonna go. There's gonna be quick turnarounds um, that you're gonna have to be curating all the feedback and info bombing that the community is gonna do. There should be a document that you're sharing all of you together. Uh, influencers is going to be happening and it's really good to have a list. That's why you're part of that PR discussion so that you can jump into influencer streams, tell them thank you for everything that they're doing and just really uh, love on them. So summary, hopefully listening to all this, you can see how these three departments work together. We can definitely expand on marketing. I kind of rushed through that a lot, but hopefully you can see why it's really important not to silo your different departments. Yay. Yay. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you. And I would like to call yeah. out buddy, the elf. Um, Oh. For being a guest on the uh, stream. <laughs> okay, nice. Thank you, buddy the elf. Did you? Okay. Well, you put him in your. He was in your presentation. Oh, was it? 
Yeah, Buddy the okay. Elf, and then oh was, yes, uh, yes, yes, Buddy the Elf for my mm -hmm. uh, question time. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah. I thought it'd be more fun to have exciting puzzle pieces. So there right. you go. Those were awesome. Thank you so much for this. This was amazing and super helpful. Oh, Are you Thanks. gonna hang out in the Discord a little bit? If anybody, yes. wants, Okay, so you can go to the pod pod. What is it called? After podcast. Post. Is there a session, channel there? Post session chat. <laughs> Is in, in the Discord. And right. if anybody wants we'll to go in there, it's discord.gg slash indie game business. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh, right look here. at that. Uh, join the indie game business Discord. Uh, it's coming. Here it comes. Discord.gg slash guess what? <laughs> indie game business. We made it yes. so easy for you. Thank you so much. We've got who do we got coming up next here? We've got do do do. How to avoid a bad Steam score through, oh. guess what? Play testing. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> okay. Thank you, guys. Yes. And then there's a post right there. Get ready to unlock a whole new world of expert advice and an incredibly welcoming community by joining the IGB Discord today. And there's a link. And guess what? We 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 have over 5,000 members of our Discord now. Ooh, yes. congrats. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business. <laughs>